We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who? Baby. How are we ever going to top last week and the energy and the cousin Greg? talk? I know pizza, the special edition pizza episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm still yeah. hungry thinking about it. <laughs> I just really want to go to Liverpool and get a slice of chicken wing pizza at the pizzeria <laughs> now. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can picture it. I can almost taste it. Yeah, yeah. I rub it in. Maroni's in the fridge. Mm-hmm. I might heat that up this weekend. Yeah. So Maroni's. That's yep. your favorite, isn't it? Yeah, from Scranton. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because we did pizza talk like a year ago. And I think we, we, or maybe not a year, but like six months or something, we each said what our like very favorite pizza was. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had to eat like one last pizza before we died or something. Yeah, I think it was a question from from Cousin Greg, yeah. Oh, okay. And I think yours was Maroney's. I don't remember what mass was. Was it Dewey's? Maybe. I know you mentioned Dewey's last week. I can't remember what you chose when we- That's the Cleveland one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, based in Cincinnati, but yeah, they're in Cleveland. Yeah, I think that's what you said, Matt. But oh, Judgy gets into one little blooper, base hit. Oh my God, they're gonna are get a gonna, double out of this. Are we gonna just panic about the Yankees for like an hour tonight? Is that what we uh, what the episode's gonna be? <laughs> I really don't want to. Although I, I do want to ask both of you uh, two two questions related to the Yankees, but I really don't want to get all dark. Um, the the first question is, can do you think you, you know how we've talked about the addition by subtraction thing with Sanchez and how that was such a great thing for most of the season? Do you think the Montgomery trade had the opposite effect? Unintended, obviously, right? I don't think Cashman would have ever done it knowing that it's going to have this effect on the team, but. Do you think that is possible or am I just like overthinking things? Cause they're in, they, they have two wins in the month of August and it looks like they're headed for another loss. I don't think it's, it, I, I think you're spot on. I mean, not only did we lose Montgomery in the time we need pitching, but apparently it also really pissed off Tyone too. He was not happy with that either. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't yeah what is this? Yeah. Uh, the Monty was traded with the night before a start. Yeah, and what Tyone was pissed just Tyone because. was not happy with how, how it went down. Wow. I mean, we, we had really good chemistry in that rotation. Yeah. And then suddenly, who knows how Montas is fitting in, and you don't have Monty. You know, you went, we went from Monty to Montas, and it's not working out that well so far. Yeah. Well, I, um, I was saying this to Toddy earlier. I was like, it's too it's too early for this particular trade to know how it's going to work out, right? But there, and maybe this is recency bias, but there are two trades, or or one is a non-trade, actually, two situations that are just more confusing to me than anything in the Cashman era. And I know the Cashman era stretches a very long time, and we look at it with rosy lenses early on because things worked out. We won championships and everything. And we kind of know like what the bad stuff was during those years when it was down and, and we've talked about that and everything. But I, I cannot understand the Montgomery thing, even though objectively, yes, it makes you better in center field. Did Glaber just hit a two run homer? I think he did. Peace. Yeah. All right. Cut the lead in half. Here we go. 
Uh, all we had to do was hit record. That's it. I mean, good luck, Charm. <laughs> they started hitting. Um, all right. So um, one of them is is the situation that we just talked about with Monty. And, and again, objectively, I can see how in the long term, but like the short term things, Matt, that you just talked about, pissing off other people and just the, the negative effect for this season alone is confusing. The other one, and Matt, I would love your opinion on this one, is Miggy. I still have no idea why he is on the team. I don't, think, I don't think he should be here either. We, he should have been gone last year. I don't well, know what they thought that they were what they were doing keeping him. So here's my thing. And, and what, what what's the, the phrase? Hindsight is 2020 or whatever. Yep. I still cannot get over how he did not he did not start an elimination game in the 2018 playoffs. So, okay, you want to you want to make the argument, well, okay, let's give him a chance in a different position or something like that. That is one argument, but the other side to that argument is no matter what, there was always going to be a roster crunch and he was going to be right in the middle of it. And so losing out on that leverage when he actually had value still makes no sense to me. It didn't make sense to me then. If we had the podcast, then I would have said it on the podcast. It certainly doesn't make any sense to me five years later when he is a complete shell of what he was in that rookie season. And like, what are they going to get from now? And like, I was joking with you guys the other day, like when he requested that trade, they should have given it to him because he's useless. He's just as bad as Joey Gallo was. And like Gallo's amazing now with the Dodgers. I get it, but I, I don't know. I'm just confused. The moment we traded for Donaldson, he should have been gone. Um, you know, we've got on the roster Donaldson, LeMahieu, IKF, and Carpenter that all can play third base. Why? Why do we hang on him? I don't know. Has he played third base since 2018? Uh, I thought he played a, a game or two this year, but it must have been an emergency need because yeah. I I don't think that's ever been the plan to ever put him back there. And that that's my point. Like you just, it, I don't know. I I'm probably just extra frustrated because of how things have been playing out over the last few weeks, but. I'm just confused. Yeah, I uh, he he's he's a puzzling one, and, and I really hope. I mean, you know, how many times we've gone back and said in cash we crossed? How many times this year have we said, "Oh my God, that guy's a genius!" And yeah, oh Yankees Twitter freaks out, and you know he doesn't. <laughs> you you that's your favorite. You you like you like hate watching Yankees Twitter. Um, ah, oh, you know Yankees Twitter doesn't know what it's talking about. And, freaking out on Cashman, but uh, th- this looks pretty bad. And if he's going to get a lot of credit when they were doing amazingly in earlier in the season, he's got to get gotta go both corresponding ways. blame. And so, so, so goes for Boone. Yeah. What the fuck's going on Boone? Yep. hundred percent. So let me ask you this, this, this is my other question related to the Yankees, but this is just more, I think of a, a general baseball observation. Ethan, you've talked about this. Um, pretty extensively, especially when the Yankees were off to the hot start and just like how long the season is. Yes. And I was listening to uh, Mandy Bell and uh, Sarah Langs, who both are um, beat writers in, in Major League Baseball. And they were talking about the Dodgers and how they've pretty much come into form and they're the best team in the majors. It's it's probably not even close at this point. Right. Yeah. The interesting point that they brought up is like, this is not the first time in this recent run for the Dodgers that they have been by and far the best team in the majors. And in none of those seasons, did they win the championship? The the one season that they won, it was the COVID year and they were good that year, but they weren't, you know, the Dodgers as we kind of come to know them and everything. And it's just, it's so funny that like, you know, uh, our, our overlord, uh, Andrew Otandi will will say that the Yankees had no shot in winning the World Series last year. And I just simply don't believe that. Like when you get into the playoffs, anything can happen in today's in today's setup. The way things are are set up in the playoffs today. Like I think I think yeah, you can you can point out deficiencies and you can you can do this and you can do that and you can say some teams really great, but at the end of the day whoever is hottest is going to win in the playoffs. And so like 
does it even matter right now that the Yankees look like the worst team in baseball? Cause they're like one game off from actually being the worst team in baseball over the, the course of the past three weeks. Um, and does it matter that the Dodgers have become this monster again? Because like all that really matters, I think is once October rolls around and those playoff games start, who's healthy, who's ready to play and who gets good pitching and timely hitting. And that's impossible to predict. Yeah. But I think momentum has something to do with that. Right. Like, you know, Does it though? Does it? I don't care? know, especially from the pitching standpoint. If we're just going to be able to snap our fingers, and suddenly everyone's pitching like they were four months ago. Okay, so I want to. I'll jump in there because I. So I have thoughts on all of this, and and the Monty thing. <clears throat> I don't. I'm not with you guys on that. I. I mean, I think there's validity to a certain extent that that they they fucked with with some amazing chemistry in the rotation or whatever, and that there are impacts there that we can't necessarily measure. But I just don't think that we can lay that much blame there. I, uh, I think we need to give like way more credit. That's not really the right word, but we need to be looking way more to the fact that like, you know, Matt was just talking about like, we can't snap our fingers and have the pitchers pitch the way they did the first four months. And that's my whole point, right? Nestor Cortez was not going to be Clayton Kershaw all season long. No fucking way. Jamison Tyone was not going to keep doing what he was doing. Garrett Cole has been inconsistent for his entire Yankee tenure, especially as Matt pointed out since the, um, since the spider tack ban. So the pitching was already going to come back down to earth. It already was, you know, uh, uh, there were already going to be questions of consistency. Um, The Monty trade may have exacerbated things, I think maybe for the reasons you guys are saying, but I think we were, we were due for this regardless, even if we still had Monty. Um, so I think that was going to happen no matter what, as far as Miggy goes, I mean, we talked a little bit about this in our, in our text thread, and I think we're all sort of mystified by the whole situation, you know? And to me, I'm kind of with you guys at this point that like, why did we not unload him ages ago and just taken whatever we could have gotten? Because at this point, like he still hits well in the minors and he probably could be a good hitter for some other team. But for whatever reason, the way the last couple of years have gone, clearly he's miserable. Clearly the Yankees do not think well of him. Um, like, let him, cut him fucking loose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's just a body. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really weird. And like, it, it would, it's, it, it's to me, Cash must have gotten plenty of offers for him over the last couple of years, right? Plenty. I don't know how many that means, right? Five, 10, who knows? Um, <clears throat> but it it seems like a weird hill to die on. Like what were, were the offers really like you, you decided to dig your heels in on like Miguel and Duhar, like just take the random fucking single a pitching prospect that you get offered at this point. Right. Or just look at what we just gave up for a defensive whiz. Who's like an average hitter who's on the IL right now. Right. Like you can't, it, it's, I, I just can't believe that we couldn't have gotten something good out of this in 2018. I just, I just can't believe that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah, I just wanted to chime in on that because I, I think I think the Monty thing, I think you guys might be right to a certain extent, but I think this shit was going to happen no matter what. And the last piece, Colin, as you mentioned, I talk about this a lot. It's a marathon. And I think people forget that a lot of the time, even us, even diehards like us who pay attention so much. Um, it's easy to like not realize what the Yankees are like 72 and 44 or some shit, right? So they've played over what a hundred and a hundred and ten something games. That's a lot. That's a lot of fucking games. <laughs> You're right. There's still 50 more games. That's a lot. Like, mm-hmm. like that's more than half of an NBA season. That's more than half of an NHL season. You know, baseball is just a totally different animal. Um. so yeah, you, you might have like a really down month like this. Thankfully, we built ourselves a really, really good cushion with the first few months. So for me, I'm not quite hitting the full-fledged panic button yet. I'm definitely getting closer to that. But I think there's still enough time to turn things around where I'm not like totally freaking out yet, personally. You know you know what I'm going to do, Matt? Because I love you and because I'm I'm actually super interested in this. And the reason it's coming to mind is I remember listening to Mike and the Mad Dog in 2007, right before Tory got let go. So they had just gotten eliminated by Cleveland, the midges, you know, thing or whatever. Mm, Jabba. They're there. Yep. 
their second half of that season was incredibly good. Like the first half of this season, like they were the hottest team in baseball. So good. And it's not that they played terrible in that division series, but they didn't win, you know? And I, I'm, I'm curious what the carryover effect is from the regular season to the postseason. Like how often, how often do the hottest teams, not necessarily the team that wins the most games throughout the regular season, but the hottest teams from, from August and September make mm. a run. I know the, the A's played the dynasty Yankees. Um, they went on super hot runs in September, both those uh, 2000, 2001, and they almost beat the Yankees both years. They went five games, those division series, both times. And the Yankees took them down. Um, those are a couple that I, I can think of off the top of my head, but yeah, that that would be a, a super nerdy baseball thing. I'll I'll do some research on it and report back because I love you, Matt. Yeah, it would be well, fascinating. Yeah. Uh, in in just just one thing because I was curious. In defense of Nestor Cortez, he pitched well he, last night. He's pitching his best right in the month of August, the yeah. best of the season. He gave up the three run homer in the first inning, but then he he pitched seven innings. How is he pitching his best? Opponents OPS is the lowest it's been all season. Okay. Yeah, he's definitely settled down. Uh, opponent's batting average, which you don't care about, is the lowest been all season. <laughs> yeah, no, um, you just gave us the useful information. Don't follow <laughs> it up with bullshit. You gave so, us the useful information. So he's, you know, he's even in May, his best month of the year, um, before this, is, you know, opponent's OPS is point, you know, for 498. In August so far, it's it's 420. All right. Fair enough. So what no. that means then, I wonder, I mean, uh, it, it would be interesting to dig through some of the underlying stats, but I wonder if that means that there has just been some worse luck in terms of the defense behind him, in terms of BABIP, well, you know, batting average on balls and play, all these kind of things. So, yeah. So his batting average and balls and play is 140 this month. It was 192 in May, but in uh, June and July, it was almost 300. So okay. that's okay. a factor there. Now, interestingly yeah. enough, though, his strikeouts per win are way down. So he's not striking out as many people. Okay. Yeah, I think he had four Ks yesterday. In, very interesting. In okay. <clears throat> so, yeah. interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, I could very. Get you know lost in uh, baseball reference all day. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Matt, also because I love you, I went to Ask Clown. Well, ah, I, went to, I went to Total Wine and Beer, and I got Ask Clown. Check those dates. You check those dates, right? I did not, oh. but I knew I was going to drink it right away. Seven seven. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Not terrible, right? Yeah. <clears throat> it's very good. It's called uh, Renewed Vision. It's dry, double dry hopped with Raku, R A K A U. Tell me, smart people. R- Rakao, how do I, say that? I would Rakao. think Rakao. If it's K A U. Rakao, Nelson, Vic Secret, and Phantasm Powder. Mm. They're in the Phantasm game. Interesting. That's cool. Is that a real thing? Yeah, it's um, derived from recently, didn't we, Matt? The skins that? of grapes. That's right. Winemaking process, and the phenols that it has grapes. enhances the fruity characters of hops. Super interesting. Yeah, yeah. It de- it definitely a little fruity. <clears throat> yep, I can taste that. Phantasm powder. All I can think of is Batman and the Mask of the Phantasm every time I hear that word. Was that a thing? Mask, yeah. The Mask of, fan, of the Phantasm? Yeah, animated series. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> what are you drinking, Ethan? Uh, I am having some of our Treehouse Hall. Um, tonight I am having Jaja Juice Machine. Uh, What's it called? Three J's and three E's. Juice mm. Machine. They do this with like some of their beers when they do variations on it. They'll just like have it be three letters instead of one letter for like juice or green or hazy. They'll just add like three letters at the beginning and the end. Um, but yeah, so this one's Juice Machine. Um, yeah, Stacy, this is good. What you got, Matt? I'm I'm not feeling the best right now, so I'm I'm just going to the seltzer. Right oh, now. okay, just... fair enough. Yeah. Well, hey, you're a trooper for doing the podcast, even. Oh yeah, not I'm not going to leave you guys there. hanging. That's very impressive. <laughs> <clears throat> have you been enjoying the the treehouse so far when you were feeling uh okay yes very much so yeah, i, I brought right. some to uh west virginia and enjoyed it with my friend uh, gary for his 50th birthday gary and jen nice shout out to gary and jen friends of the pod um so we we i went to their place and we 
drank a number of those treehouse beers as well as some other fancy, fancy, fancy beers on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, we went to Pittsburgh and saw Metallica. Yeah. And how was that? Excellent. Wait, really? Ooh, uh, yeah. Is that your first time seeing a, a full concert? Because obviously we saw them at Yankee Stadium. And they weren't for there Mo. for Mo. I thought they were there for Mo. Not the day we were there. They were there earlier in the weekend. No, didn't they play the like pregame? They played something? on they played on Saturday. We were there on uh, Sunday for his last game. <clears throat> I swear I remember them playing. They played that weekend, but not when we were there. I'm I'm I gotta look it up. <laughs> you, you want to bet? No. <laughs> yeah, you Matt's, wanna... me- Matt's memory is annoying. That was good. that was the that was the day <laughs> that was the day that you dropped the ball from from somebody, Matt, and I was making fun of you. And then seconds later, I tripped over the bleacher and, <laughs> and just, spilled your just beer. Ate it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, like shit! Oh, they're putting uh, the tarp out. So this was, um, yeah, this was in PNC Park. So I haven't seen a baseball game there, but I was on the field for the Metallica concert. It was excellent. So um, also pretty cool feeling in a sold-out baseball stadium, like being on the field and looking up in the stands. That was impressive as well. Were you in the pit? Uh, I mean, general admission. We weren't in the snake pit. Okay. We would have had to get there at like 4 o'clock to do that and said no. So they were good, though? They were good live? Yeah, James actually sounded very good. What, um, did they do, like, a lot of their old stuff or a lot of, like, new, like a big mix of everything? Mostly old stuff. Okay. They played one out of um, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. They played one off of St. Anger, which James was like, people don't like this album, but give it another chance. Um, Wait, really? He said that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they played, like, half of Fade to Black. Or, only, excuse only me, half? Ride the, Ride the Lightning. Oh, half okay. of the Ride the Lightning album. Oh, half played, of the album. Yeah, uh, four or five or three or four songs off of "Kill 'Em All." Yeah, um, I mean they, they did a good show. That's really cool. Holy shit! All right. uh, cool. Interestingly enough, so you know James is out of rehab. Um, I didn't know he was in recently. Okay. So the, the last time I was supposed to see them was in Louisville in 2019, and they canceled the show because James went to rehab. So good for him. This is the second or third time he's gone, mm-hmm. um, but he was. I'd, I'd say he sounded better. I liked how he sounded. Uh, yeah. And he was much more introspective up there. He was almost like Silly Dad up there, which was kind of cool. Oh, that's but interesting. in the middle, at the break uh, in Fade to Black, when it switches from acoustic to uh, heavy electric, uh-huh. he stopped and said, this song is about suicide. I know we're not supposed to talk about it, but I love you guys. I love you all. If you're thinking about taking your own life, talk to someone call someone there is help out there and then just went right in and it was it was really it was jarring because it was not what i expected to hear from him but it was it was really i really really liked hearing that it was pretty cool so, that's awesome yeah holy shit um, so it was a lot of fun um <clears throat> i can still feel the pyrotechnics as my face is melted off yeah um uh, openers were uh ice nine kills which we didn't care to see and uh, Greta Van Fleet. So, Greta uh, Van Fleet. I've heard, I've heard those, of those her kiddos that then. sound like Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I you know, you know who loves Greta Van Fleet? Friend of the podcast, Devin Conley. Devin loves Greta Van Fleet. I'll say, I'll say, Devin. Uh, uh, so the other than the drummer, the the bass, the lead singer, and the guitar, they're all brothers. I'd say lead singer guy. I know he's doing some crazy stuff to get those vocals to sound that way, but he needs to be more active up there. He did a lot of standing around. And then the one thing I couldn't get over, and again, I can't sing like this, so, so it's it feels bad criticizing <laughs> him, but the way he sang when he had to get some of the kind of growled high notes is he stuck his tongue out. Ah, <sighs> and it kind of looked like he was a goat. Like, blah, <laughs> blah. Um, But he sounded great. I mean, you know, it was very, very impressive. Um, I'd say the 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 star of the show in terms of rocking out up there, though, was the lead guitarist. That was pretty cool. They were they were very is good. It, is they, it still? Good oh, this is for Greta Fan. Greta yeah, Fan Fleet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I think we need to get Brother Jeremy on to talk about the proper form 
of yeah should it be goat bleeding should yeah. that be the is that the proper form i mean again you know he, he can do whatever i can't say it like that so yeah. you know it's just it's something that i noticed and i just chuckled every time he did it yeah <laughs> um plus doesn't doesn't brother jeremy have an album coming out soon we gotta get him back on here for that uh he he wants they want it to come out soon they've recorded a lot of it but there's still a few things that need to be recorded he needs to do vocals for a couple more tracks and he was going to do them when we were when we were home in Connecticut last week. He was going to because they record um, in Connecticut at a studio there. Um, he was going to record, but then he got COVID. And oh, uh, so so it had to get postponed again. So he was really bummed about that because he you know, they all really want to get that shit finished and they want to get it out because I think they were hoping to try to tour this winter, um, you know, on it, uh, supporting the album. So thanks. COVID. But yeah, thanks, COVID. But um man making a record is just like an insane process oh it, yeah it, it just takes forever just like all of these details and laying down tons of takes and everybody recording their own parts and then like all the all of the engineering and the producing and the mixing and everything it's just it's fucking endless but you know hopefully we'll we'll send good thoughts to them hopefully they uh hopefully they're able to get it out in a decent amount of time because they i know they've been wanting it out for ages you know now, one last highlight from the weekend. Uh, we went to a sports bar before the show to just kill some time and have some drinks. And uh, thought the guy was was pulling our leg, but he was not. Ric Flair was at the bar. Um, now no. none of us had, yeah, none of us had the uh, the guts I, to go and get a picture with him. But I did get a picture in the back of his head, um, and it was Ric Flair. Uh, he was wearing a bright red and silver suit. Um, the hair was there. The face looked a little rough, but it was him. And uh, when he was, uh, you know, when when it was time for him to go, he was shuttled off to uh, the concert in a big SUV. And we, we found out later through a connection of um, the friends I was there with that um, <clears throat> a friend of ours who was at the show also works for a catering company in Pittsburgh. And uh, they he, they were catering for a suite with. Dave Grohl, Mario Lemieux, Ric Flair, and I'm forgetting the fourth person that was in there, but that was <laughs> some one hell mix. of a combination in there. Yeah, Mario Lemieux. Yeah. <laughs> what a throwback. Yeah. Oh my god, that's really funny. So he was like, "Yeah, that was that was Ric Flair." Holy shit! <laughs> Super funny. Good stuff. So I know we talk a lot about food. We've already talked about pizza. I have a very quick question. For both of you, a hot dog and an Olive Garden breadstick, yay or nay? Hmm. And did you say in or in? in. Yeah, I the would Olive Garden it. breadstick is the bun. Is the bun? I would try it. I mean, Olive Garden breadsticks. I haven't had them in a million years, but they're garlicky, right? They're delicious. And I mean, garlic basically enhances anything that is not sweet. Uh, anything like on the savory end of things or a spicy end of things, garlic makes it better. So I would definitely try it. Okay, so here's the thing: though. it's got to be like the fattest breadstick you can find because <laughs> if you, if it's if it's a tiny breadstick and the the hot dog to bread ratio is not good enough, <laughs> then you're approaching corn dog territory. Mm. And <laughs> you know, no Let's one assume. wants. Let's assume that it's been built. Yeah. To... So you you want you want a nice big breadstick that you can cut in and yeah. form a custom a custom olive garden breadstick that was that was made to be bigger so that oh i'm not saying custom fun. i'm just saying pick the thickest one of the basket <laughs> they're unlimited send them back until you get the right one but you but you True. would try it matt Is oh that, yeah uh, absolutely. yeah yeah and kyle where did this come from i saw it somewhere on social media okay that's yeah. code for colin had that for dinner tonight I'm would you kidding. would you no, try it, I, Colin? i i would I would do it right now if yeah. I could, but yeah. I, I did not have it for dinner. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I think it would be phenomenal. I thought you were going to go down the whole is a hot dog a sandwich thing. <laughs> I'm not interested in that argument. Am I the only yeah. one who like doesn't really give a shit about that? Yeah. That's like the uh, is um, what's the Christmas movie that people talk? Or... Oh, Die Hard. Die Hard, Die Hard yeah. a Christmas movie or not. Yeah. Yeah, I also don't have strong feelings about that. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's because I've only seen Die Hard like once, and I don't, you know, I enjoyed it, but I'm not like some huge movie guy. Matt, do you have strong feelings about either of these? Uh, 
I mean, I've got an opinion. A hot dog is a sandwich and a burrito is not though. So. Okay. And what's, uh, tell me, tell me why. Tell us why. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, you know, you, you ever get a, like a hot dog bun that falls apart. It's essentially just meat between two pieces of bread. Yeah. Whereas a burrito, there's not two pieces. It, the, 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 the carb part is, is just one piece. Yeah. Well, I'm not, to... I'm not calling that carb. That's not bread. That's just, that's, I don't know. A, a, a wrap, a tortilla is not bread. It's, it's, it's it carbs. Is, it is a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. So I, I can't, I can't go that far. That's too much of a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and okay. Now I will rant against this. So open face sandwich is not a sandwich. An open face sandwich is a shit on bread. Like, <laughs> like you don't have open face bruschetta bread. You know, you have, or sandwiches. No, you have, you have bruschetta on bread. It's just shit on bread. Stop calling it an open face sandwich. <laughs> like when I, when I, when I butter toast in the morning, I don't call it an open face butter sandwich. <laughs> no, I call it fucking buttered toast. Okay. Oh God. In Stop a, calling uh... it sh- like, yeah, that, that is, that is, pet peeve of mine don't don't give me this open face sandwich bullshit in a in a lifetime of powerful and profound statements matt this was the most powerful <laughs> and profound i think right? i love it i love it you want you want to make an open face sandwich an actual sandwich take it and fuck it fold in half there you go <laughs> <got a> <laughs> uh-huh i love it yeah i mean i don't i don't disagree i i i never really like thought about it that much but yeah i think you're right it is it's just shit on bread yeah, yeah. so um, and, and that is that is uh, to clarify for all people that is not a comment on the deliciousness of it, it could still be delicious oh for sure of course it yeah, could yeah, be yeah, excellent yeah. you know for all of the avocado toast or hummus toast enjoyers out there like absolutely <laughs> i think don't the call next... it sorry sandwich don't yeah. call it a sandwich the next round of um 2j1s merch swag that we make i think there needs to be something like we're going to do a diaper with my face on it right and then <laughs> and then we'll do like a pint glass of matt's quote about like you know an open face sandwich is just shit on bread you know <laughs> call it what it is or something you know? I'm, I'm down for that <laughs> oh man now now like cousin greg you're gonna listen to this tomorrow and you're gonna have like the opposing opinion that's very thought provoking and probably right, but yeah, he's gonna like write some big Facebook post yeah. and yeah, exactly. Like, like a pizza isn't an open faced pizza dough sandwich. No, it's a fucking pizza. And then you uh, fold it over and you've got a calzone. Like, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll come up with something. Yeah. yeah, and it'll be eloquent and correct, and <laughs> he's hard to disagree with. <laughs> I can do it. Greg, Greg, you're fucking wrong (laughs) about whatever, anything you're going to say. There you go. Podcat. The podcat. Hey, buddy. Does Boris want to get on on this next prompt that I have? Yeah, sure. He's I'll I'll put him up to the microphone. Nice. Okay. So I'm going to tell the story and then I'm going to ask a question. This story comes from friend of the podcast, Joe Posnanski. Oh yeah. In one of his recent columns, I think it came from the, um, he was doing the all state tournament, Ethan, I'm sure. Oh, oh, I loved it. It was, it was a fucking delight. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So good. There's a story about Don Drysdale. Oh, I didn't read this yet. Actually. I didn't read this piece. Yeah. So I'm curious. Okay. Okay. Should I, should I save it? Yeah, no, no, do it, do it. Yeah, 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 it's okay. all good. I don't, think Content. Matt, I don't think Matt read it either, so um, <laughs> usually I have read any Joe Paz stuff, but no, I didn't get around to this one yet. This is cool. Well, side note, have either one of you seen the Brady Bunch episode with Don Drysdale in it? Maybe when I was a kid, I used to watch the Brady Bunch a bit, but I don't remember it all. can't say I've seen a Brady Bunch episode. Oh, okay. Matthew. Wow, Matt, yeah. Are you a communist? I mean, the nurse's name is Alice. It's, you know, yes. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. She's not a nurse, but. Uh, but, yeah, you know, housekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. Yes. Um, okay. Well, there's an episode with Don Drysdale. I think it's Drysdale and maybe it's Koufax. I don't know. They Anyway, they go over to the Brady's house and um, one of the one of the Brady boys is talking with them. I think it's the youngest one who is uh, Greg, Peter, Bobby. Um, and they're, 
they're just like having a conversation and he's like okay mr drysdale and drysdale's like you can call me don and he's like okay mr drysdale like the super silly brady bunch comedy (laughs) that you would expect if you actually watch the show it's just golden for the time and and uh, obviously don was a legend in la and that's where the show was and everything Uh, anyway here's the story so st louis uh had this player called gene oliver and he once hit a long home run off of drysdale and while he while the ball was in the air, Oliver shouted out, "Hey, Bat Boy, come get the bat!" So the next time up, Drysdale drilled Oliver in the ribs. <laughs> he was known to do that. He was a very intimidating pitcher. He was he was like an equivalent to um, Gibson. And uh, while he was on the ground be att- being attended to, Drysdale yelled out, "Hey, Bat Boy, come get Oliver!" <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually did I just, read that. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, I just thought that was so fucking funny. And I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm like, I can totally see that being a thing in that age of baseball where like just talk and smack. And it was totally cool. Like no brawl is going to break out. They're just like, yeah, fuck you. And yeah, fuck you. But this is great. This is baseball. <laughs> Wait, was so crazy. was the, was the, the Brady Bunch lead in just fluff? Oh yeah, that was oh, just an additional story that for, I thought of. I was waiting <laughs> yeah. for like where the where did the Brady Bunch come in here? Just the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. Drysdale was on the Brady Bunch, but he was this like ferocious, intimidating pitcher. Also, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He's like, like yeah, what? kid, call me, call me Don. He was <laughs> like, Johnson on nice. uh, Magic School Bus or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. That's that's super funny. Yeah, I read that too, and you know, I I agree with you, Kyle. Like, I think that stuff is super fun and super interesting, and. You know, it's why like nowadays in MLB, when they mic people up, most of the time, it's it's such a joy. Like we want to hear that shit, you know, and it's and like smack talk is really fun. And, you know, we've talked about this before on the pod, too. I think Um, Colin and I used to watch like NHL smack talk videos sometimes, you know, Um, but I'm sure you can find plenty for the NFL and the NBA. I mean, those guys are drawing at each other fucking constantly. And the thing is, is I think that MLB players, I mean, yeah, they're pretty friendly, right? Like a per the first baseman, you know, oftentimes will chat with the, with the, whatever guy just got on first base and it can be very friendly and everything like that. But I got to imagine there's a decent amount of smack talk going on here and there. And it would be really fun. I feel like to have, to have some more access to that and to get more stories, you know, of, of something like that. You know, you gotta you gotta figure some of these guys who who have a little bit more swagger. Your Bryce Harpers, your Manny Machados, your Juan Sotos, whatever. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. You got to imagine that like they're they're probably saying some shit, and it's probably pretty fun, you know. And I, I feel like that would be really cool for MLB to to try to mic some of that shit up and and make some sort of compilation, you know. But they. I, th- I feel like they're still so concerned with keeping like a clean image. They wouldn't want to publish like a compilation with a bunch of swear words or something, but if they could get past that, I feel like it would be awesome. Yeah. Well, th- <clears throat> thank you for the monologue. And so the, the reason I, w- I told the story is I wanted to ask both of you, have you ever been in a situation similar to that? I'm not saying like on a baseball field, but like where somebody showed you up, and then you got him back and you were able to <laughs> just do that in the same way that Drysdale did. Uh, the only examples that I can think of are like music related. Um, Tell us. Well, so trumpet players are <laughs> trumpet players are notorious for being um, arrogant douchebags. And so I'm sure that the podcast will be flooded with messages now being like, yeah, we get it. Ethan's an arrogant douchebag. That's perfect. That's great. (laughs) Um, You guys know, uh, uh, and my friends know that I was always, you know, I was always a big fish in a small and or medium sized pond. Um, And, uh, but along the way, there were various people who thought that they were big fish, but they were not big fish. (laughs) And they made comments about me and about, you know, being able to beat me in an audition and things like this. And spoiler alert, I won all of those auditions. They never, these people who made any comments never won a fucking thing against me. Um, But you know, that's in in the music world, there's just a lot. I was lucky. I was lucky that I had teachers growing up and Matt had, 
we had the same band director. We were in band together in high school. So Matt knows who I'm talking about in that case. My, our high school band director and my trumpet teacher were both old school. They were uh, um, very, very critical. They were, they were not complimentary. They were very honest. They were very demanding. And so I was lucky in terms of the fact that I had no illusions about things. Like illusions, Michael. Yeah, I knew if I sounded good, I knew if I sounded like shit. And I knew to be honest with myself if I wanted to get anywhere in this field because it's a brutally difficult field to make a living in. Um, Lots of other people were not fortunate enough to have teachers like that. And so you have a lot of people who I think were just like very naive. Um, So I will say that I give, you know, in that sense, I give a lot of credit to my teachers, but also it was very satisfying. to beat those people. <laughs> um, that's the closest thing I can think of for me. That's a good I, one. Yeah. I like it. Did you get my illusion reference? Um, did you know what I was doing? I didn't. Matt, did you? Oh, come on. Come on. Da-da-da-da. Oh, <laughs> yes. Now I got it. Now I got it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> illusion, Michael. Yes. Perfect. Okay. That's good. That was good. Side note, I had a. I had a photo pop up on my computer the other day as I was going through stuff of uh, a package I sent someone that was labeled dead dove do not eat. And I, <laughs> I gave myself a little chuckle. Uh, it, it was, it was not, it did not contain a dead animal, but I thought it was funny. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any, I, Matt, any, I think I have an example for you. I can remember in high school, Caroline Ng, she used to talk so much shit about you and then, <laughs> You were valid dick and she was salutatorian. So I'm just kidding. For those who are listening, Caroline Ng, who was the salutatorian, I don't think I ever heard her speak a word. She was very, I think she was very nice by all accounts, but I don't think I ever heard her speak. She was very, very nice. Um, But yeah, I think she maybe spoke a hundred words around me. Um, (laughs) Now, while we're, while we're talking about Caroline, if Caroline, if you're out there, I I hope you're doing well. Um, I'm sure she listens. She's probably one of our biggest fans. Yeah, that's true. Well, so the way they do in our high school, the way they did gym classes was if you were in a science lab, that same group, you know, you'd have Mm. your block schedule. So you'd have in one period every other day would be your science. And then in the other period when your lab was supposed to be, you'd have lab every four days and you'd have gym in that kind of remaining hole. So that third day you'd have physics, physics lab, physics, and then gym. So anyway, your science class was your gym class. Um, and that led to odd situations where if you were one of the few athletes in, say, an AP science class, mm-hmm. you may not have been surrounded by a lot of athletes. Um, so flash cut to us playing four-corner kickball. And uh, this was not involving me. Uh, this was involving the quarterback of the high school football team trying to blindly turn 180 degrees and throw a kickball from one end of the gym to the other end to try and get someone out, not realizing that Caroline, who was diminutive and very quiet, she was almost like a fly in the wall, was in his throwing throwing path. So he caught the ball, wheeled 180 degrees, and let loose a bullet that hit Caroline square in the face from about 10 feet away. And it was the at the same time most hilarious and also most scary thing I've seen. She took it. She was fine. She stayed in the game. No nosebleed or anything. But um, now that's not where the story ends though, because I did it it to her two units later when we were playing floor hockey um, because I knew how to throw a floor hockey puck. Um, Thank you, Mr. Johnson Elementary School for showing us how to throw the puck. Uh, And I threw it and hit her square in the forehead. Um, and again, took it like a champ, but oh man, Poor now Caroline. I understand why kids are terrified of gym class because you have idiots like me and Mike, mm-hmm. who, uh, maybe enjoy ourselves too much. You know, white guys named Mike and Matt. It's, you know, it's the fucking bane of everybody's existence. <laughs> that, exactly. The down- yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Caroline Ang. Holy shit. That's impressive. I didn't know. I I remember you telling me the kickball one. I didn't remember the floor hockey one, but that's yeah, I feel bad about that one. Yeah, she's a tough motherfucker. Like yeah, it. hell yeah. <laughs> I wonder what happened though. You know, Caroline, if you're listening, call the podcast. We'd love to have you on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, my moment is less of a fuck you moment, like that Drysdale was, but it's definitely a prove it moment. Moment. 
I I think I've told this story before somewhere, um, if not on this podcast. Uh, I got called up freshman year to JV baseball, and I did not do well. Did minor minor improvements uh, the next year. Um, and by the time junior year rolled around and tryouts were over, I had, I actually had the option to play another year of JV and start or to go to the varsity team and know that I was going to sit the bench. That, that was, those were the options that were given to me. Um, they were like, you're not going to start, uh, but we can, we can call you up and and you can you know, spot people and everything. And I was like, you know, this really hasn't gone <laughs> according to plan anyway. And at this point, I just want to keep playing with my friends. I, I don't want to, you know, stay down or anything. So I'll sit the bench. I, I really don't care. Um, but at the same time, it's like, man, like I love baseball. I just wanted to play and I was putting so much pressure on myself and everything. Long story short, couple games into the season uh the starting shortstop is uh pitching starter pitch starting pitcher uh for a game and so i get my first start my first varsity start first at bat i hit a three-run home run <laughs> off of uh the guy who i i believe won the all-state pitcher of the year award um uh that that season from fowler uh he, he was really good and uh, I, I don't know how I hit it. I don't know. I didn't even see it land. I just hit it and put my head down. And then next thing I knew, I saw the umpire had his finger uh, twirling. And I just rounded the bases and everything. But I was like, all right, I do belong. Like, I can play here and everything. And I, and I had, like, I, I remember at the end of the year, uh, Coach Druzzini saying in the, um, in the exit meeting, he's like, I've never had a player um, play the, the role of their like their job as well as you did this year. Um, because I just, I mean, I, I wanted to play more. I hit a three run Homer and that helped us win a game. And then I sat the bench for the entire next game, like literally the next day, you know, and everything. And like that, that's the type of season it was. And that was my role. And we won sectionals that year and it was a fun season and, and everything. And I, I made a lot of really great friends, so I don't regret it, but it was definitely like a, a learning moment in life that, even when things don't go your way, um, you know, you can still perform, you can still contribute. And um, yeah, I think it all worked out. So that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. 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 Not the way I would have put it together, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it happened. Hey, as a former member of the JV taxi squad, it's uh, you never know when your opportunities will come. So Very I'm pretty true. sure I only got a, I only got that spot because it was, oh, you hustled and we've got an extra jersey. So here you go. Mm. Um, but uh, it's all because you were running 100% down the line on every little ground ball instead I of 85%. I never, I never took a playoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're 15, 16 years old, that's that's a little different. Yeah, no, I know, of course. Yeah, when I, when I was that age. I was I was hustling hard on every single play. So my major league baseball arguments are are obviously a lot different. Yeah. And not only the age, but it's like what you talked about before, Ethan. I mean, we uh, when we especially like when we moved to the big field, um, maybe played 20 games in the school season and then maybe 20 games in the summer. So you're talking like 40 games max. And you know what the weather's like in upstate New York. Like you're not even playing a game until May for the most part because of the snow and the rain and everything. Like what quadruple that? <laughs> and you've got a major league season. So mm-hmm. it's just it's apples and oranges. It's not even yeah. close. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Plus, I don't think major leaguers have practices where literally the coach says. Go and fill this bucket of rocks, and then we're done for the day. So uh, a little bit different requirements from uh, yeah. high school to that was that was uh, Coach Jones. I guess it was ninth grade, but yeah, go fill this bucket of rocks. That's practice today. Why do I? Why did I know Coach Jones? Did I? I must have had him for gym. Middle school. Middle school gym. Liverpool. Middle school gym. Okay. Liverpool. Was yeah. he kind of a goofball? Mm-hmm. Okay. He did the morning announcement. Um, Robin Williams, good morning, Vietnam. He was like, good morning, Liverpool. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, yeah. something like that. Yeah. 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 Super, he's a big Dodgers fan, actually. Super nice guy. Okay. Loves baseball. Um, yeah, big, big Dodgers fan. Um, I played briefly with, with his son. I don't know, Matt, if you ever played. Josh. I played yeah. basketball with Josh, not, not okay. baseball. Yeah, I just also, I played baseball. He was known to always have a cooler full of ginger ale and a bucket full of pretzel sticks. Yeah. The pretzel sticks, I remember, not the yeah. ginger ale. <laughs> the ginger ale he'd bring for umpires. Uh, um, but uh, I still remember we had a practice, not to go to too many reminiscing stories, but um, a catcher with the last name that rhymes with bust was doing bunting practice and bunted one off of his face. And we didn't have any ice packs out there, but we had ginger ale. So <laughs> he got the, I remember sprinting to pick the cooler up and then sprinting back to the other corner of the field. <laughs> so good. Nice. Yeah. He, he would actually probably love a podcast like this where we could talk baseball. Like he, he loves baseball the same way that, that we love baseball. Oh, and, and Josh, uh, shout out to Josh Jones. He worked for the chiefs for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. So he's, he's a professional connection for us. Yep. Hey, I got a mini rant. So there's a big, big event happening this weekend in New York City. In New at York. Yankee Stadium on Sunday. Uh, Paul O'Neill. On the 21st of August. Getting, uh, getting his, 21st getting, of August. Getting his number Unvaccinated retired. Paul O'Neill. Unvaccinated yes, Paul O'Neill. Trump so endorsing Paul O'Neill. They are bending over backwards to accommodate him there. Yeah. So, and, and I just thought it was a little ridiculous. Like, I, you know, if I were Steinbrenner, I know everyone loves him, but I would have said, nope, <laughs> sorry. Because, yeah. I mean, he's not even going to be able to talk with the players. Like, they're going to have to stay in the dugout while it all happens because of the COVID rules of the team and of that major leagues. <clears throat> so, yeah, he can't be in the Yes Network booth. He can't be yeah. talking to any players on the field and i think yes has been bending over backwards to accommodate him this yes year too. yep and i love his commentary but damn yeah. it paul come on I, the jab. i'm with you 100 percent, matt yeah you and i are the paulie fans here uh in terms of his broadcasting yeah i i love him as a broadcaster yeah. but yeah that shit is infuriating um it's selfish and it's stupid and it and it makes me it makes me lose a lot of respect for him and i i'm with you too like as far as I'm concerned, they should have canceled it. They should yeah. have said, "No, nah, we're we're not we're not going to do this." Like, if you if you're not willing to get a fucking shot, like, you know, we're not we're not going to do this. Now, uh, speak speaking of losing respect to people on broadcasts, one other thing I wanted to bring up while we're thinking of this stream of consciousness, anyone pay attention to what happened on the the K Rod podcast um, or a broadcast on Sunday night? I saw just like little uh, quotes and stuff. I didn't actually watch it. Kyle, did you watch? Uh, thankfully, no, because I heard it was super awkward. Yeah, someone was a sullen little, you know, sullen little sob and threw a bit of a hissy fit. Wait, who threw the hissy fit? Derek. Okay, I was gonna say because I saw A Rod's quotes and A Rod was like owning up for being an asshole. Yeah, he was like accepting. A Rod actually, and, and this is I bring it up twofold. Number one, because um, as much as I don't like A Rod, I wanted to tell Colin. He looks like the better one. He he comes out way better than this. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Granted, they put an old Sports Illustrated issue photo up of Jeter, A Rod, and three other shortstops without a shirt on. Okay. Yeah. It's a goofy picture from 25 years ago. But holy crap, for Jeter to throw a hissy fit there and say, This is the last time I ever coming on this and walk off and end the interview and not. Wait, come is back. that? Wait, is that what happened? I didn't. Yes. Read, how did I not read about this? How is this not like this a big thing? I mean, time I'll be on this show and he walked off. I saw, um, so I saw the end of the game and at the end of the game, they played like what I thought were highlights. And I saw, I heard him say that and I thought he was laughing, but they cut before he like walked off or anything. No, cause like K ends that, that was right at the end of the inning. K ends the inning saying, well, we'll see if Jared Jeter's back next inning. So he was Holy. supposed to come back for another inning. I, I inning. think he was supposed to be in the booth longer than that. Oh, this was in the booth because I yeah. saw something where they were sitting like on a stage. It looked like center stage. Well, in the type. in the K Rod booth. Yeah, this was it's, for K Rod. Yeah, it's okay. it's different. It's like the Manning uh, cast. I, I don't know if you ever saw that last year with the NFL. I know it's, about it, but 
Yeah, so it's it's they're not in the booth at they're in their own studio in New York, I think. Um doing I mean they're covering the game like they'll say, but they're not, they're not doing play by play like when you yeah. listen to Michael K tonight. They're doing interviews. They're uh, Roger Clemens was on uh giving uh, like pitching tutorial. Yeah. Um they'll have like random people on not even just baseball people like celebrities and, and whatever just a it's it's a different style like for people who don't really care about the the play-by-play call you can still watch the game and you can listen to this other commentary going yeah. on okay now and i'm bringing this up to hammer home the point we talked about a couple weeks ago if that's going to get under his skin i have i have even less of an inclination to watch his the captain documentary now docuseries <laughs> Because if he's going to get that upset about that, what else? What else are we not seeing? Like to me, it, it just it, it tells me that the his veto power in the Captain docu series is just means it's not genuine, like Michael Jordan style. Yeah. So wait, so hold on. What what was there like a specific thing that made him throw the fit and walk off? Like they what showed picture? the picture of him from Sports Illustrated. Wait, it was just because of that. That's what got I him think- upset. Who gives a shit about that? It's a picture of him and A Rod and three other. I think it was uh, Nomar. Nomar was one of them, and maybe no, uh, it was Renteria. Uh, Nomar wasn't on there. Um, it might have no. been. It might have been pre ninety. It, it might have been ninety seven, leading into that season when Nomar was a rookie. So oh, okay, Renteria would have already been in the league. <laughs> That's a good one. Um. Yeah, it was ninety seven. Yeah, so it was, uh, so it was Jeter Rodriguez, Renteria, Alex Gonzalez, and Ray Ardonez. I was going to say Alex Gonzalez. All shirtless wearing baseball pants and gold chains. Alex Gonzalez hit a game-winning homer off the Yankees with the Marlins. Ugh. And against Douchebag. And, yeah, like, it, you know, I, I just... I think of Douchebag as Jeff Weaver. Are you thinking yeah. of... He was an on... Oh, in 2003. 2003. Duh. Yeah. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. I, yeah, I, I just... Jeff Weaver. I mean... Oh, we got to share screen. screen share. Right? Oh. Like, that's, that's, like w- yeah, like I don't know. This doesn't surprise. Like, yeah, I mean, honestly, this makes sense to me. Baseball was trying to market its young stars. Like, why yeah. wouldn't you? And why did yeah. Jeter throw a fit? Of, I don't understand. What was his problem? Like, are you he, sure, Matt, that 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 he actually threw fit? I'm I'm just confused as to why they showed it in the what I thought was like a highlight compilation at the end of the the game. It was like, you know, before they signed off. This will be my last visit here. After some laughter, Kay continued calling the game. Moments later, the shirtless photo appeared on the screen. Rodriguez laughed. Jeter was silent. Well, it was nice having you, Rodriguez says. Jeter responds again. This is my last time here. Wow. So weird. So the, the clip they showed was the first time he said it then. He yes. said he said and it then, twice, and then, and then they stayed for another couple seconds, and then he's and then he was gone. Yeah. So the the clip they showed, he says it, and he kind of like is laughing, like his head yeah. is up, and he's like, kind of joking, but clearly he was serious. About yeah, it. but I guess that they must have gone over it in a pre production meeting because Kay joked with Jeter that Jeter was Jeter and his team were trying to scare the producers into not showing the photo. Yeah, I'm reading reading about it right now. It's scared as in quotes, so I don't know what that implies. But, yeah, I just... I'm pretty sure they showed that picture in the documentary. I I don't understand. I don't get why he was so bothered by it. That's that's really weird to me. It's probably just because it's A-Rod and there's that that friction that is never going to go away. But but again, what's odd about it is is you know A Rod was conciliatory through it all, and I I don't I don't give that guy praise, and I I thought he, he I guess if he comes out of the whole thing looking looking like the bigger you know the bigger more mature person. Yeah, I mean, I told you he's done a lot of work on himself. Like he's admitted that he was a terrible person. Um. The the parts I've seen so far in the documentary, uh, what's what's interesting about the the specific comments that always come up. So there's two things I found really interesting. Everyone thinks it was that that article, that SI article or whatever, that 
broke their friendship. But Jeter says in the documentary that he was willing to forgive A-Rod. They had like a one-hour convo together. After that, they walked away. They were in a good spot. And Jeter says it was on the Dan Patrick show weeks later that A-Rod basically said the same thing again. That's when he was like, you're done. Like, I'm done with you forever. Um, And A-Rod, the other interesting thing is A-Rod says in the documentary, he's like, I still think what I said is true. (laughs) He's like, we weren't afraid of Jeter. It was Bernie. It was O'Neill, you know, and everything. And like Jeter was fortunate to play on really great teams, you know, and all that stuff. And I was like, that part I can see. The the part I can't understand is why A-Rod would have a one hour conversation with this so-and-so best friend, (laughs) try to try to make things better and then go on a talk radio show, a super popular talk radio show and say exactly the same thing and think that Jeter wasn't going to find out about it. But but that's that's unfortunately not the first time A-Rod's done that. That's kind of his MO, whether it was right, right. bashing was, Griffey for MVP yeah. votes in Seattle yeah, or yeah, talking yeah. about the contract in, in Texas. Like, yeah. he's done that before. Oh, I'm great friends with Griffey. We're best friends. He should get the MVP. And then two weeks later saying, no, he still have votes for me. He's the reason I didn't win. And just, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, one thing, <clears throat> not to defend A-Rod too much, but I do think that this is interesting to um, consider sometimes. Are you talking which which year are you talking with that, Matt? Do you remember? Was that ninety-six? Was that his rookie year? With the, the MVP part? or ninety-seven? I want to say it was ninety-seven. Because those those were the two Griffey had incredible years both of those years, and so did A Rod. Because A Rod had A Rod had a down year in ninety-seven. Yeah. I mean A Rod hit more homers in ninety-seven, I think, but everything else was down, if I remember correctly. But here's the thing. I just want to um Oh yeah, he had a way down year in '97, so it, it had to be either '96 or '98. No yeah. chance it was '97. Um, I'm looking at his numbers now. I just want to remind everybody not to excuse a Rod, but you know how old he was in 1996 when he was fucking incredible and had one of the best seasons for a 20 year old ever. Or 20. I just gave you the answer. He was fu- <laughs> sorry. How I'm old like was he? I'm like getting all emotional now. I'm getting fired <laughs> up, and I like forgot what I, where I was going. 20 years old. Like, what the fuck were we all doing when we were 20 years old? Dude was like one of the five best baseball players on the planet. Yeah. I think about that. I think about that shit all the time. I think about my 20s in general and like the growth and the opportunities and the bad times and the good times. And I'm like, I'm an average person with a super private life. The reason I started thinking about it a lot is because in the Eagles documentary, they talk about like, them being in their twenties and like getting to be the Eagles. And it's like, it's huge. It's a fucking crazy deal to think about when you're like 23, 24 years old, that you're on top of the world. And what, what did A-Rod sign that, that first contract when he was 26? 20, like, he was 25 his first season with Texas. Oh my God. It, yeah. It's just unbelievable to think yeah, about. Exactly. So yeah. I'm not saying I excuse all of his behavior, but I'm also saying like, I think that sometimes people, and that would apply to to the modern era too. Um, we can be so hard on these athletes without like trying to remind ourselves how young they are. I'm 32. I fuck up all the goddamn time. I am constantly trying to not be an idiot every day, right? <laughs> like, can you imagine being a world class athlete and making millions of dollars and being on the road all the time? Like, you know, you're gonna fuck up. And and so now, A Rod maybe. He may be kind of fake when he is trying to make amends. I don't know, right? How can we judge his genuineness? We don't know him, but at least he's like making the effort. At least as Matt said, he was being yeah. conciliatory uh, on this uh, on this show. And like I said, I saw some of the quotes where he was like, you know what? I will not excuse my behavior. My behavior was my own. I will not make excuses. At least he's like saying that shit. I mean, who knows how genuine he is? But yeah, just like imagine being 20 or 21 or 22 or 23 all of that is insanely young like i mean it's just it's really mind-blowing if you like truly think about it i don't know i never did anything stupid when i was 20 (laughs) (laughs) mic drop jump jump cut how old was i when i was at the your respective patios (laughs) right and threw up on our patios right Well, the one was, uh, to be fair, patio, and, I was yeah, 18. you were 18 then. So, yeah, so you, you know, you, you get off on that one. Yeah. 
Collins Patty, I was I was drinking age, so my, my <laughs> statement still may um, my the statement still may stand. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Super funny. Good stuff. Well, that's crazy, man. I didn't know that about Jeter. Thank you for telling us. I was reading yeah. about it. Really fascinating. Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, and it came, it came with a, a really good uh, title for this episode. I'm constantly trying not to be an idiot every day. <laughs> that works. I thought maybe you would go with um, it's just you know, shit on and, bread. Yeah, it's just shit on bread. Yeah, that's that's yeah. <laughs> Ooh, got, well, like you got that. a couple. You got a couple good options here. Yeah, yeah. I do like <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, boys. You got any shout outs before we go? I mean, this was our best episode ever, you know, shout outs to ourselves. Every time, we're, we're every really, time you know, we do it, it's the it's, best episode. It's, exactly. It's just getting better every single time. So, I, I, I don't know if I got anything. Metallica was awesome. That's very good. Shout out to, to Vital Stats. I saw Vital Stats on Friday night. In, what uh, is that? What is Vital Stats? It's like a funk rock group. Oh, very, very good. Cool. Very good show. Sweet. Um, almost as good as Metallica. I'd say they, they put on a great show. <laughs> Nice. That's it. Cool. All right, boys. Same time next week. Uh Uh-huh. Peace out.